Montante's World, episode 67. Long time coming. Surprised it took this long. Uh, the one and only Daniel from Bill Ricker. How's it going? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you doing this evening? Good, man. It's listen. I'm not gonna, this is not a knock against you, but I feel like there's nothing going on in the world to talk about, so we're going to have to force some subjects here. That's true. It's uh, pretty boring. We're sort of in a wag the dog situation right now. Yeah, just, which, you know, which, everything's which, fake. Which I guess is good, you know, when there's not too much is going on. That means all is good in the world. So that's true. Probably. I have been I have been voted the most boring minute fan, so I'm I'm totally fine with that. Oh, there you go. This is the most boring show. So this is gonna be a good. This is gonna be a a match made a match made in heaven. So before you uh, got voted the most boring minute fan, which is quite the honor and pretty hard to do, um, how did the this boring minute fan end up in the navy? Uh, great question. So we can. So is this still technically Veterans Week? Did we kind of extend it out a little bit? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you you're the last leg of it. Oh, okay. I <laughs> last and, and most cer- certainly the least. Yes. Um so basically I, I uh went to uh went to college, joined Navy ROTC. Um so the Navy actually covered my college tuition. And then uh basically I owed them time back in the military. Uh so I was a service warfare officer for six years, which basically I meant meant I drove ships and uh, was an engineer on board ships for four of those years. Uh, stationed in San Diego, Japan, and then uh, was a admiral's aide in DC for two years. So how'd you end up there? What like how'd you? What was the moment where little Danny was signed up with the Navy? Oh, uh, my sort of. Uh, I want to know the origin. My point of inspiration. So I, you know, I was looking at it in high school, and I was thinking, you know, I really don't know what I, what I want to do with my life. I have no idea what sort of career I want to pursue. Um, you know, I, I had some military history in my family love my country, you know, and I, I sort of got reeled in a little bit by that sort of, you know, join the Navy, see the world type yeah. mantra. Um, and, and to some extent that actually, that was very true. That was probably the most true part yeah. of it. Um, uh, I also really liked, you know, boats and being on the water and sailing and motorboats and that kind of thing. I did have a friend that told me if you really like boats, join the coast guard. Um, and if you really like being basically stuck in a dryer, uh, rolling around for, you know, months at a time without yeah. seeing anything for real or actually having any fun, join the Navy. Uh, and there was some truth to that. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, the, some of the small boy guys get to have, uh, have all the fun, especially you get to the Coast Guard, you get a lot of the drug interdiction ops and the Coast Guard cutters and they're stationed in some pretty cool places that the Navy is definitely much, much bigger, more industrial. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about haze gray and underway, uh, especially in the engineering plant, you're definitely in the bowels of the ship. Um, and I don't, I want to say you go days without seeing sunlight, you know, like a, like a submariner might. And actually I did spend yeah, some yeah. time on a submarine. That's extremely actually go days without seeing sunlight. So <laughs> that is to join the Navy for them. That is very true. There's a, a lot of similarities and, uh, you know, especially, <laughs> Some of the proclivities of, of some Minifans uh, sexually might have matched up well, uh, in addition. That's funny. <laughs> People don't know, my uh, my grandfather, um, six foot five, my mom, my mother's uh, dad. So six foot five is tall, but it was like extra tall back then. So he actually played uh, basketball at Navy back in the day. And he was uh, stationed at Pearl Harbor for five months. But he ended up actually surviving because of Pearl Harbor because he was away at a basketball game. That's an incredible story. I don't think I've yeah. have you actually brought that up on Montante's world. Is no, this the uh, no, there's really no this the inaugural really, time telling that story? Were you saving yeah, that story for first, me? Yeah, you're my my first, you know, midshipman. So yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> fucking wild. And he uh he, he had a great he had a great life. He did something with the Rose Bowl, like he 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 had a good life, but yeah, like he you know, got back to Pearl Harbor, you know, however however long after, and you know. He asked one of his friends, you know, who survived. Not many people did. I'm sure yeah. some people, a lot of people perished. But yeah, he uh, he said his friend was running out to, um, you know, to their planes 
And he said his plane and my grandfather's plane, he just saw it get blown up and he just turned right around. Just turned right around. So, yeah, That's pretty incredible. Cool. I may not be here, actually, if it wasn't for basketball. If he, I mean, that would be – So, sorry to uh, the haters out there, which there are some that listen to the show. Um, the Japanese so we have, couldn't finish the Yeah, job. so we potentially have uh, James Naismith to thank for your existence. That's it. You know what? I never looked at it that way, but I guess – I got to put him on Mount Rushmore of uh, most important people. Um, that is you know, a good point. That is a that is a good point. But uh, so when you were in the Navy, you, you mentioned that you know a little bit more about your career. I was curious how you got into it. What was your favorite place that you got stationed? Did you go anywhere cool? Yeah, so I lived in Japan. I was stationed over in uh, in Yokosuka, Japan, for a year, which is about uh, two hours south of Tokyo. Um, that was a pretty pretty amazing place. I get to visit so just a, a bunch of countries over there. So when it, when a ship is stationed over. Uh, in Asia, they're what they call forward deployed. So instead of a six month, nine month, one year deployment, which I also did when I was stationed in San Diego, um, they basically, they'll go out for two weeks, come back for two weeks, go out for a month, six weeks, come back for six weeks. So you're in and out of port a lot, but you, you know, I get to go to, you know, all over to, to Malaysia, to Thailand, um, you know, Kota Kinabalu, and, and just a bunch of Singapore, a bunch of different uh, places over, over around Asia. So it's obviously a lot quicker trip when you're already yeah. there. Um, so it was, you know, pretty, pretty fun to experience that culture. Obviously I, I fit in very well there. Um, you know, a big goofy, you know, Irish white guy, you know, bopping around Japan. I would actually be on the, the Tokyo. Right on par for Japan. Oh, totally. I, I would be on the subway and I would literally be one foot. I would be one head up above everyone else. So I'd look around the subway and, you know, Hey, what's going on? You know, so you could, you could actually, you can um, bring what they call uh chew high or, or uh, beverages basically on the subway. You could just kind of drink anywhere. So everybody yeah. in the subway, even people on the way to work on the way home from work, everyone's just drinking on the subway. So yeah, they, you know, you they, booze a lot. they booze a lot in Japan. Big time. And, you know, interesting because, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, genetically, a lot of Asians have, uh, you know, they're, they're averse to alcohol. They're basically, they have some level of um, allergy to alcohol. So, but they still drink it anyway. They just turn red and, you know, it's, it's a good time. So, you know, you just yell campai in the subway, hold up your chew high and, and everybody uh, yells campai back. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, real bonding. We've blessed. come a long way. I know they've left the States, but I'd have a, I'd have a good time with that. Yeah. It's, it's a different place. Uh, we've come a long way since 1941, I think. Oh uh, yeah, it, which really is not that far, like long ago, or according it to is, Dave Cullinane, nineteen fifty one, I guess. He 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 actually did pretty well on that. For being honest, like when he when he that when that game was first introduced. By the way, I keep getting a symbol that the Wi Fi is not doing great. So this is what might be you and I talking, which is I'm fine with. Because I keep getting a little symbol popping up. I don't you know who knows, but I think we're doing all right. But um, no, when that game got presented to him, I thought he was going to adjust. And did that one question he bombed, but like I, everything else he's pretty close with. No, he, I think he actually did pretty well. He probably he's probably scored in the maybe 60th or 70th percentile of sort of the average American his age. I think he probably oh, did 1, okay. Thousand and younger than him, like, and younger. Yeah, they get stupider the younger so they get these days. Stupid right yeah. now, and that's why we'll, we'll semi we'll touch on that in a, in a little bit. But um, so if you can do it all over again, would you go back and uh, you know do the Navy completely all over again, or maybe yeah. What would be the backup route? There was no Navy. If I if we if I went back in time and right before you signed up for the Navy, I said, "Hey, listen, I'm from the future. You know, this is kind of weird, but you cannot join the Navy." What would you What would you have done? I probably would have gotten into into tech. Um, just probably you know some nepotism. My dad worked for EMC and then eventually Dell EMC, um, and he was in basically software sales and then software engineering that kind of oh, thing. Nice. And I, you know, he used to, when I was a kid, he used to work at Harvard University, he actually started the IT program at Harvard. at Harvard. Yeah. So wow. back in, uh, well, he went to the business school there 
and the, so back in the eighties, uh, basically he introduced the Macintosh at Harvard. So the Mac, um, that's back when all the Ivy league schools had the old Macs, like the Mac yeah. pluses and whatnot, all in one with the black and white screen. Um, so he basically introduced that, helped introduce that at Harvard. And then all the other, you know, Ivy league schools had that. And that's sort of when the internet was getting started, whatnot, Stanford, Dartmouth, Harvard, Yale, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I, he kind of got me into that at a young age and we had a, we had a Mac back in the day. I actually still collect a bunch of old Macs. That's sort of my nerdy secret. Yeah, old, old um, computers are kind of cool. I'm they're they're kind of fun. But they, yeah. they are like fascinating to like see. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not cool. It's not going to win any chicks, but Hey, look, I'm married. So, you know, what do I care? Um, obviously my good looks and, uh, and charm take yeah, care of that, take care of that part, you know, I not, not my, uh, I mean, swayed right now. I'm getting a little <laughs> turned on. It's working on me. You're so I, it's working. I, you know what? It's, I don't even have to try. That's, that's my, that's my magical skill. I might, I might yeah. be boring, but I kind of lure you in with that. Uh, you and know, you have that, kids, that, right? That so it's proof you've had sex before. I, I have a two year, almost two year old. Yep. Max turns, uh, he turns two next month. So we're, we're getting there. There you go. So it's, it's working. It's uh, it's working for somebody. Something that's not working, I think uh, people have said for a long, long time that follow the show, Kirk show, was uh, was the KMS network. What is preventing them from just handing over the reins to the GBE boys? Um, it's a really good question. I well, honestly, I, I'm not sure how much the GBE boys really wanted. Have you have you actually heard from them that they're they've actually pursued it? No, no. I just think it's like you know, half of them aren't employed. Um, so there always be, I just think if I was in charge of the KMS network, I would just, oh, I mm -hmm. want to be like, you know, like, uh, I'd like your local community college, like TV station. That's always on. There'll always be something up there. And nobody watches. You get what I'm saying? Do you have, is that like a, just a around here thing? I think it's everywhere, right? Yeah. I, I think some of that's gone by the wayside. I mean, now, we, now we have other, plenty of other channels that people don't watch. Yeah. Um, mostly sure, but mostly just, online and mostly involving men fans. Will no one understand what I'm saying when I say that? I think like our community college, like for like Monmouth County, New Jersey, there's like the 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 people that go to school there for like they just have a channel that I think like I said, nobody watches the radio channel, TV channel. Treat it like that. Let people mm -hmm. put stuff up there. If you want to watch something, God bless you. May not be the most interesting thing, but have something up at all times. So I, you look, I think if the GVE guys could run it, if Menors could run it, you know, I think it sounds like Cullinane offered it to, uh, you know, BMD mentioned on your episode or, or maybe they mentioned separately on Kirk and off. Mm -hmm. He actually offered it to those guys. Um, and I, I guess they just kind of ignored it, let it go. What I don't really understand is if, and if we rewind to, you know, the birth of the rebirth of Cullinane, right. As the new producer at KMS, I still remember that day we had the simulcast. It was on YouTube. He launched the link tree. It seemed like it was going to kind of be a whole new era there. And I'm definitely, you know, I know a lot of people say it. I'm also a Cullinane yeah. guy. You know, I, I think he's great. I think he's, I think he's done a really good job on air, especially recently. Um, and obviously he had some family stuff going on for a little bit that I think may have maybe kind of knocked things down for a little bit, completely understandable, uh, beyond understandable. Um, but I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't want somebody to run with it or that he doesn't take it upon himself. Yeah, I know people, people have pitched him on shows. They've said I've, I've pitched him on stuff. It probably sucks. I don't care. But like you said, who cares? Like, put stupid stuff on there and let people make fun of it. I, yeah. I tend to agree with you, Mike, that there should be something going up there. And, you know, even old episodes rerunning that something scheduled, like to something, yeah, whatever, you know, I mean, what, you know, what's funny. So Dave, or they mentioned, like, they touched on that earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think Dave, or, you know, he has like a like 14,000 podcasts. I think he's interesting. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great radio voice. I um, like him. He's a, he's a great guest on your show. He's actually, he's in my top three Montantes world guests. Yeah, no, he's good. He like, I'm friends. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I, you would think that, um, Callahan just texted me. That's funny. Um, I sent him a story. So I was like, you guys should tell her. <laughs> um, the but, budding um, friendship. 
Are you, is he cheating Dave, on Ironhead? You would think that Dave and I have known each other for a while, but like I've only known mm-hmm. him like a year and a half because of the because actually because of this show. Um, but I, I think that his show idea was brilliant, and they didn't like know what it was. And if they said it on air, they'd actually be like, "Because today, Chris, like, oh, what, what's the idea?" And they like, they're like, "Oh, I don't know, probably something stupid." But the idea, and I may, you know, I'm playing the telephone game, so I could bot this a little bit. But I think it was going back into like previous names that people would know in the the Minifanverse that just drifted away and are gone. Mm-hmm. Like kind of the background story about them. I think that's like and I forget the example he used, but I was like, oh that's oh I forgot about him. That's very interesting. I thought that was a good idea. Like a Harlan Ackerson or somebody like that, exactly, right? exactly. It was like it was a name like it was not that one. But like there's there's like, mm-hmm. and I said like the only thing about that is like you couldn't do like more than like probably like a dozen episodes, but it's still an interesting idea. I don't know. I think you might be able to pull thirty to forty to. I mean, if, if you're if you don't limit it to, it, so if someone who's only only basically was mentioned on one show or was maybe the topic of one show. You could probably get close to a hundred now. It's someone who actually sort of lived through a week or two, or maybe a little longer, might be yeah. a little bit more interesting. Um, like the uh, the announcer, the the tennis announcer guy who was on drugs. Oh, that was awesome! Like, That'd be a great episode. That's a good one. That was fun, and 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 that was one of the episodes when they did the recap and they did the song, and then and then he got mad at it the next episode. Oh, hilarious! One of my favorite. I still remember where I was. I was in a hotel room down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I still remember listening to that episode about the the tennis match recap, just laughing my ass off. Hilarious. That was yeah, right. that was a good pull by you. That was a good pull. So I actually thought it'd be a good idea, but um, no, that's funny. And so I have something that drives me absolutely nuts. And like it, I, I, the whole reason I got in the Kirk show, like I said, I, I didn't grow up in Boston listening to him. I've said this a zillion times. I just thought he was interesting. Right. And he would always talk about. I think it's because of who his producer was. It's not against uh, you know, call name. But I used to like when he would give a honest to God, and he was he was the definition. Of down down the middle, like he really was down the middle. He sees mm-hmm. both sides, he shits on both sides, and he gives you an honest take. He doesn't even approach talking about real decisions now. There's literally a war going on. Nah, nah, who gives a fuck? Whatever. Hey, Chris, what's your favorite uh you know movie with uh, Gene Hackman in it? And it's like, oh, okay. But like, if I think if he still had Steve there, he would say, I don't give a fuck. And then Steve would be like, well, you sh- you know, how do you not give a fuck when X, Y, and Z? And then he would like subconsciously trick Kirk into talking about it. But now that he doesn't have that stopgap there, Colony is just an airhead. And then, you know, Chris is on the show all the time and it just, they, just, they just go off and do what they like. And at the end of the day, what's the name of the show? It's the Kirk Minahan show. And we mm-hmm. all listen. It's a great show. So keep doing you, whatever makes you happy, makes you happy. But I'm just saying, do you, do you kind of miss that? It, it, him tackling like real world issues? Uh, it doesn't bother me that much, not as much as you. I, you know, and I think, and it's interesting you bring it up because Kirk did just kind of bring that. He mentioned this the other day. Uh, you know, he talked about because he had that kind of drop off from from sports radio and and you know talking all sporto and that kind of thing because he had his moment with that, and you saw little glimpses of it this year when he talked about the Patriots and the Kirk and I Kirk and off guys just mentioned that as well. I think, um, you know, and and he, he's still really good at it, and I like when he sort of digs in there, and he's still really good at the current event stuff. He brought up the Rittenhouse thing the other day. And he talked about, look, you know, did the guy do something, you know, should he be, should he be in jail? Yeah. No. Is he, a sh- is he a shithead? Yes. Can we agree on both things? Most yep. people can. Some people exactly. can't. I want to hear more of that. Um, you know, and, and, and I think maybe that's part of it because I think that, and, cause if you look at it, I mean, how much media right now is actually down the middle? I mean, zero, right? 1%, Can you think 1%, of maybe, maybe. And, and it's, it's little, gl- it's little glimpses, little blips here and there. People like, like their echo chambers. 
it drives me nuts. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all of that. Um, I, I like discourse. I like back and forth. I like, you know, some, you know, uh, some controversy, but, but, you know, a, a logical argument on both sides presented, you know, in a, in a real manner without a bunch of fake bullshit in the background. I think that's really interesting, you know, a really interesting conversation and Kirk brings that yeah. to the table, but he has to be interested. Like he's not going to manufacture it. So Which I agree. With you, I agree with you to the extent that maybe he could delve into that a little bit more, but honestly, like, I've got 15 other podcasts I can listen to if I really care about someone's take on Ukraine. You know, I can I can listen to Jerry. You know, I can listen to Shattuck. You know, I can I can listen to you. I mean, there's plenty of other places I can sort of get that. And then I like to listen to podcasts that sometimes I disagree with the people. I formulate an argument on my own, in my own mind, and then maybe that's when you get in a little Twitter battle or something like that. You know, but but no one wants to listen to me. I mean, hopefully, you know, the numbers the numbers don't reflect that. You know, on this episode, I'm hoping it's a uh, you know in the top 10 percent of downloads. You know, maybe 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 not. Um, if they've listened this far, then, uh, you know, God bless them. But I, to, to answer your question, no, I, I think I do, I do miss a bit of it, but at the same time, it, it, if Kirk's not into it, I don't want him to force himself. He's not going to force himself into it. And it's something that that's not Colinane's ball of wax. And it's really not Mike's either. Although Mike actually might be the, you know, the most interested of the three. In he it, is. And he oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah. He has his... Mm -hmm. He finger on the pulse whether he like likes to admit it. And I don't think he like really cares too much about that world, but he does follow the news a lot more closely and um, is very outspoken, which uh, which I like to see. But listen, this is the uh, the elephant in the room. I, I did want to get to it eventually, obviously, but mm -hmm. uh, no, the world's gone to hell in a handbasket. I mean, just this time last night, I was doing a show with Justin, just talking about our favorite sport movies. After that, I watched Providence basketball game. Triple overtime, I think. Unbelievable game. I ended up winning. Uh, that's a team of destiny. Keep your Go eye Friars. on that. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, they're 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 unbelievable. Um, something about the team. They're special. They're either going to lose the first round or they're going to go to the uh, elite eight. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but after that, dude, it something happened that I think it was you know inevitable, and I can I to this day cannot say that word. We'll never be able to, but I'll always attempt to, thinking I can. Um, it's funny. I, mean, I talked about World War Three and this this shit happening like five mm -hmm. weeks ago. And uh, Nadu, who's been on here maybe like half my episodes, quote tweeted it and wrote WW3 question mark crying face LMAO like I'm a crazy person. And then here we are today. What are people talking about? You're welcome. Always ahead of the curve, never behind. So <laughs> since the world's going chaotic, would you say that? Um, and then that today was the most shocking 24 hours. <laughs> when it comes to like war slash like terrorist attacks in nine eleven, wow, uh, that's a that's a deep question. I think that so probably if you if you were to if someone was able to look at this completely objectively, the answer is probably yes. When yeah. you look at you know the impact of things, uh, just as far as a global perspective of how many lives are affected, how economies are affected. You know, you look at the UN involvement, you look at NATO, you look at, you know, the, you've got all the superpowers plugged in at some level. Um, China's always hanging around. Of course, you know, Russia and the U.S. are, are the big ones we'll here get, on the forefront. We'll get to China lately. They're not done yet. But, yeah, I, I think I, realistically, yeah. So I, I think about it. But see, here's – and we – I was sort of thinking about this earlier and even last night, you know, I was looking on Twitter and every other video is fake. And it's like, what are we, and I honestly, I've been so busy with work. I haven't been watching a lot of news. I've just been sort of yeah. getting updates on Twitter, which, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. 
you know, proceed with caution because you never know really, you know, oh, this video is from 1988 and this video is this and that, you know, here's, you know, here's stock footage of, of tanks rolling yeah. into Irkutsk or something like that. So I think, and this is very much, you know, uh, an uh, American centric view uh, as a U.S. citizen who went about my day to day and did my job and was focused on that and here and there was kind of peeking at Twitter. It's not as real to me. Now, I know you have some stories that maybe make it a little yeah. bit more real to you tangentially. Um, but, you know, to me personally, again, this is this selfish. Is this because I'm here in the U.S. in my little bubble and I'm very safe and happy and, you know, fat and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I, at least I, I think at least that I admit that. But, yeah. you know, I think about something like the Boston Marathon bombing that had a lot more you know, yeah. direct impact on me emotionally. I knew people that were there. You know the stories that came out day after day. We knew people's names. Whereas yeah. when you have you, so you could have you know fifteen, you know twenty thousand, you know nameless, faceless people. As far as we're concerned, as Americans, we think, oh, that's happening really far away. And then you know, and then people only care when it hits their wallet, right? Or right. if they actually know someone, you know, personally yeah. who's involved. So I think so. You have to. So I look at it from two different perspectives. From the Danny Brewer perspective, is this like what you said, the biggest thing since nine eleven? No, again, selfishly and myopically, no, it's not. But looking at it from the perspective, you know, geopolitically and just what could potentially happen to when you start talking, you know, Belarus and all the other stuff, that yeah. can, the dominoes that could fall and, and what could happen over the next three, six, nine, 12, 18, 24 months, then then you're probably on to something, I think, if you if you look yeah. at it. Well, you know, the reason I asked, I, I think it was because when I say 9-11, it was like just a, it, it, there was theatrics to it because it was broadcast mm -hmm. it was all over the news. And now it's even more. More broad. It's like when, when people are getting blown up in the Middle East from, you know, scumbag terrorists, that's not really broadcasted, but everyone has a cell phone nowadays. So there's a handful of videos right. that went super, super, super viral that reminded me of 9-11 because it was just so unbelievable. You couldn't you couldn't comprehend what you're watching. That one video where you could hear the loud noise, right, which was like startling, like what's about to happen? And then you see like the, the fighter pilot and the, the fucking bombs blow up the house. And then the most startling thing was, you can tell it's like a family at the window, like curious because they yeah. probably know shit's happening, but they don't know what's going on. And then you hear the little kid scream and they scramble away. Like there are so many elements to that video. Yeah. That was, it was just like, holy Christ, because this is the first time that I can remember. It's like, so we're in, we're in the least forever, right? We're fighting mm -hmm. people that, you know, can't count the six. I mean, they're, they're, they're cavemen with, with weapons and scumbag ways to kill you. And they hate America because they don't know, you know, they don't know much. But both of these countries are neighbors and they have modern technology. So they are mm -hmm. literally capable, like in the World War II, to both have people in the air fighting, you know, technology fighting, and combat fight. It was, it's just wild. And so it's been less than 24 hours. So that shit was fucking insane. Absolutely insane to watch. Um, and like I said, well, and from a personal touch, Danny, I sent you the one mm -hmm. message. So yep. the company I work for, uh, the, the one owner is actually Ukrainian. So like half of our dispatchers for our drivers, you can do dispatching from home. So they do. I'm sure maybe pay a little cheaper, what not. You know, I'm not sure of the the currency, you know, rates and compared to uh, Ukraine and the American dollar. But um, so literally half of our dispatchers. So we have 20 dispatchers. We have over 100 drivers, right? So literally, I got in to work today. We use Slack. I get on like literally three out of the ten right from the jump. We're like, hey, like um. Love you guys. Like, hopefully, talk to you guys soon. Like, we have to flee our house and like, head into the forest for our safety. Like, okay, well, that's insane. Yeah, that's mind boggling. Mind boggling. Yeah. And then my boy Sonny, who moved from Nigeria to Ukraine for a better opportunity, I was talking to him. And I talked to him like he's like a nice guy. And he has like a lot of my drivers. So yeah, like last week I was like, hey, like, uh, 
are you maybe too expensive? Are you like worried about what's going on? Because I probably pay more attention to him, although it affects him more. He's like, no, like we're good. And I was like, yo, they have like two hundred thousand troops. Like this is not. This would be one hell of a bluff. Like, are you sure you're not going to? No, it's okay. We're all right. And then today he sent me that message where he's like, hey, Mike, I'm sorry for being really rude because I think he's being like very more to the point because, of course, he's trying to do his job, but he's also mortified. I was like, yeah. you're good. What's going on? And he was like, I'm more, like, I'm very scared for my life right now. I just realized my whole building's abandoned. And he's the only one in front of a computer working. I was like, yo, you're good. Don't apologize to me. Like, do what's best for you. Like, pretty much telling you, get the fuck out of there. Like, leave. So... I, I our, so our jobs are getting fucked up because half our workforce is in Ukraine. So I don't know. The whole thing's fucking insane. The whole well, it's so so you now have so you have that personal touch. I think that I was talking about earlier. You know, I think, and so so it makes it that much more real to you. And again, it, do I sound selfish? I'm sure you know, but it's yeah. I think until something impacts someone personally, especially here in the U.S., then that that's when it really sort of hits that switch. And and it's gonna it's it may get there for everyone here at some point. Um, especially if this continues to, to spread. And probably the thing that's going to hit us the hardest at some point yeah. is some sort of, as you mentioned, you know, technology war. So when you have yeah. the hacking, when you have, when bank accounts start getting, you know, seized and frozen and money starts yeah. getting, you know, money starts disappearing from U.S. citizens' personal banking accounts, checking accounts, savings accounts. Yeah, we'll, we'll, Cause we'll, that, we'll, that's going to happen. We're going to get that. Cause I, there's a lot, I think there's, a, there's so many elements that I want to get into what I think is going to happen. And, that's that's a big part of it, but just just from what we just talked about, so from the overall outsider perspective, what you said, you don't really care about it, which I think is an opinion a lot of Americans doesn't make you selfish. It's it's a normal opinion to have. Um, do you? So I got a couple quick questions for you. Uh, I know we differ politically. Um, you're not a crazy liberal, but you still are a liberal at the end of the day. Um, do you think our last election had any anything to do with the, the current situation that we're in when it comes to this war? Yeah, I do. I, I think, and I think the, the the question is a fair one. I think I don't remember where I heard it, but someone it was it might have even been on Kirk's show. But um, actually, no, I actually think it might have been on Callahan's show. If Trump was still president, would this be happening right now? Um, and I don't think it would be. At least not not as currently constituted. I, I think this, maybe maybe a couple cyber attacks back and forth, but not what we're seeing. I, I don't think. I think this. Basically, Putin was emboldened to make the moves that he made, and he kind of tested the waters a little bit. And, you know, I think especially when he got like the list from Biden being like, well, if you cyber attack us, don't touch these like nine companies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one, like one thousand percent. I, I hated that move. I absolutely hated that. I mean, we let's so show some balls, you know, show some chutzpah here. Let's let's defend yeah. ourselves. Let's say, hey, listen, man, leave us alone, you know, and. And and Biden's been you know pretty vocal, but between Twitter and debate, saying, "Look, I'm the only one who stood up to Putin." All right, well now you're the president. Stand up to Putin. Unbelievable. That's yeah. what I don't get. Dude, that that part just kind of blows my mind. I mean, look, the thing is, Putin's an asshole. I mean, he's obviously a megalomaniac. He's gonna go. He's gonna go around, and you know, the world is his personal risk board at some level. So he's gonna move his little pieces around. And I think at some point, he's been around so long, he's kind of getting bored, and he's thinking, "Let me see what I can do. Let me go a little bit farther, a little bit farther, a little bit farther." The thing is, Trump, Trump, a lot of things about Trump, a lot of negative things about Trump, in my opinion. However, that he was not a warmonger um, and he's not someone I think that would have necessarily I think he would have, you know, positioned power and said, look, you know, I'm not going to let Putin walk all over us. But at the same time, he wasn't going to be quick to necessarily come in and, and pull any sort of, a you know, offensive type measure. Um, in my opinion, again, very uninformed yeah. opinion, but just kind of where I'm, what I'm thinking. And but I think it was still enough. There was enough of that 
projective stance where Putin kind of took a look at things and said, yeah, I'm just not going to mess with this right now. And I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather have my friend Donnie in the white house. And when Biden came along, he's kind of like, all right, let me, let me see what else I can do. Now. I yeah, think there are a lot of other factors. Him. You're right. He kept testing him and he kept seeing how easy this was as you know, right. like, okay, what are they going to do? So if you touch on Cause everyone else is already a pushover. That, that's a thing, you know, of again, course. from a U.S. centric, you know, U.S. perspective, but I mean, what about NATO? I mean, NATO has been, you know, complete, they've been eunuchs for since they're, Almost well, the biggest thing is he, he did this before we could add Ukraine to NATO. So, so the biggest thing that I think why, why I know Trump wouldn't, if the Trump was president, we would not be in war. The reason is this: is um, you know the, the whole world in every aspect of life is just one big game of poker, right? Who has better cards? How do you play your cards? Um, that's all it is. And Biden's playing his cards poorly, and he's he's making his hands worse. So when he says, "Oh, we're he, we're gonna have very very strict san- you know sanctions upon him." Okay, great. What are those sanctions? What does Russia need from us nowadays? We were we have the most natural resources in planet Earth. We do. Mm-hmm. So we were exporting. We had our own shit here, and we were exporting to the world. So if we were still doing that, we weren't canceling pipelines. Trump was creating all these jobs, all these pipelines, right? We could actually have a sanctions. Hey, listen, cocksucker, you, you want to keep playing games? You're not getting anything from us. You're not getting a fucking single thing from us. But when we are not oil dependent anymore... And we're just useless when it comes to that. And we're actually getting oil from Russia. And we turn around and say, hey, you better – we'll do – you know, we're going to sanction you. Putin's like, what the fuck are you going to do that's going to really fuck with me? What, what what card do you have in your back pocket? So the sanctions are meaningless. You have nothing to hold over. We have no carrot to dangle over Russia. So they know we're not going to – he came out and said, hey, we're not going to put troops in there, nor should we. But we have nothing to really stop them from being fucking lunatics. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. And Trump would have prevented that because he always said America first, manufacture everything here. We should be manufacturing chips like we're at like you know World War II rate, where people are making guns and everything. We should have chips for cars. We should have oil. Shut up. Great. Let's let's go green. But let's but at the end of the day, we still have oil right now. Oil has caused every war, I think, like last eight years. This is still playing a part right now. So to just these pipelines. It's almost like it was all done on purpose. So, yeah, so people are like, oh, it's just a coincidence. There's a lot of coincidence. When liberals, no offense to your, your side, when you guys are wrong, it's always coincidence-based. There's a lot of coincidences with you guys. Not you particularly, but I think 1,000%. That lunatic, that orange maniac was still tweeting away like a crazy person. By the way, I miss the days when, you know, we were mad about tweets and not about gas prices and wars. Sign me up. Where, where do I sign up, Danny? Tell me. <laughs> Well, I will say, I, I don't necessarily deny any of that. I, I think, and look, is it a coincidence? No, it's not. Was it inevitable at some point? I think, yes, there, there was going to be some pushing at some point. And, you know, if you want to say that it, this didn't happen in 2018 because of Donald Trump, maybe there's an argument there. But if Trump was still president now, would it have happened in 2024? I mean, perhaps. I will say, so you mentioned something, though, about jumping in. So, and, you know, not putting troops there. What are your thoughts on do we are we supposed to be the world's policeman or should we just let things no, like this happen? I, I, absolutely not. I mean, I understand the allegiance when it comes to NATO. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. legalities. Like you have, so you kind of have to. Um, it sucks. Like it, you know, it absolutely sucks. Um, and there's ways we we could help and we should help. Um, like right now, they have a bunch of tanks. They have way more people, troops, technology than uh, than Ukraine. Like uh, instead of maybe leaving trillions of dollars worth of equipment, anti-tank stuff in uh, the Middle East for these, um, you know, for these cavemen to have and just 
drone and do their own military parades. Maybe get NATO pilots, retired people contracted in to get them to a safe spot. So when something like this happens, guess what we can do? Hey, we can't physically help you guys. Here's our equipment. We'll lease it out to you guys. We'll make a little money on it. You know, we don't have cavemen driving around. There's things that can be done. So we can't have physical troops there, but we can help from afar. And we, we can't do that because we're being run almost, I think, intentionally to fucking self-destruct and just fucking completely be America last. I mean, that, 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 that debacle in Afghanistan, it, like we're saying, we're seeing, we're seeing intentionally effects. by whom though, who, on whose, whose intent? Are we self-sabotaging? Is that what you're saying? Yes. We're the fact that we did that. Afghanistan. What's the incentive? For, who, who does that benefit? That benefits no one. It weakens America. And that benefits who? The globalists. I know that sounds insane when I say that, but if America falls insane. and we're no longer the world superpower, I'm going to touch on this later, believe me, and we're no longer world superpower, right? And we're just we're just burning up assets, then it's just easier. The, the, the more the more lower we come on the totem pole, and we're not all the way up here, the easier it is for the the one world government to take over. We're going to get into that, Danny. Don't you worry. You're going to see. You're going to see. You're going to get a look behind all the right. curtain. This, this is when we start to get into the Channel Zero uh, type stuff, huh? Well, I'm going to say, what was the benefit of leaving a trillion dollars worth of equipment over there? There was none. I'm, I'm not defending that. I'm not defending do you think that. Was, do you think it was impossible to get out of there? No, I think it was pure incompetence, though. But incompetence at that level, everything's so thought out that I'm saying that was done intentionally. Had to be. Had no. to be. You think I, it was I, just a I, I have a hard time believing it. Again, who, on who, whose intent? Biden? Well, Biden's just a puppet. Ron Klain? I mean, I... the power of the Kamala people, Harris, people Nancy Pelosi. Really you think they just that. wanted to leave tanks and fucking? You and think anyone you wanted? You think anyone, anyone in the U.S. Control. wanted you, Afghanistan you to go like that? In the government, and they were talking about this withdrawal. You'd be like, hey, how do we get the equipment out of there? You would, you would, you, you would. Yeah, sure. So we have all these intelligent people, and they're not having that conversation. Oh, so they're intelligent. No, okay. It should be to get to that point. You'd, you'd hope and pray, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think we're questioning that sometimes there, Mike. That had that was so that was handled so poorly. I think that it was handled uh that poorly on purpose. We'll, we'll get into uh we'll put on the the tin we'll put on the uh the tinfoil hats later. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not buying other, that one, but okay. A couple other things that are going on over there. Um so did you see the Klitschko brother story? The who? Vladimir Klitschko and the I forget the other one, but like the, the Hall of Fame boxes. Uh, I did not. I'm sorry. Oh, I believe they they may. I think they. I could be wrong with this part. I think they lived in the states, but um, okay. But they're Ukrainian. They both just enlisted to fight uh, for the Ukrainian army. Guys wow. that have it all. That's pretty uh, pretty hardcore. That's insane. Is that? Is, is I, I, that I don't know anything about that. So how old are they? I mean, are they rich? Uh, are they're, they... they're retired. I'd say they're probably in their forties. They have you know enough money for they have generational money. And they're going out of their way to uh, stick up and, you know, stick up for their homeland, which I think is. And they know they they're smart enough. They know that you know they're the big time underdogs here, but they don't care. Oh, big time, big time, aside, like by by a multiple of ten. I look, I, I I appreciate that. I think that's you know, I, you know, I I've definitely I've met folks here in the U.S. I know people that enlisted, you know, basically. Well, here's the thing. So there is also an age of enlistment uh, cap. You can't be older than 37 to join the military here in the U.S. So I guess in the Ukraine, they'll just take anybody and everybody, put their yeah. put the colander on your head, get your broom out, and uh, go start yeah. chasing after uh, the Ruskies, right? Well, they just they, today they announced that, uh, I guess they have like severe, like pretty strict gun laws, but today they said any citizen should have the right to bear arms. Does that sound like anything in our Constitution or 
<laughs> you think that's where they got it? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a crazy idea. It, it should just be for hunting, liberals. It should just be for hunting. No, this is this shit like this is why Amer- every American should at least have the right to have a gun, if not own a gun. I agree. Everyone should have the right to. Yeah. Every everyone who's not a, I mean, maybe not a convicted. Yeah, I mean, felon. if you're not, if you're not a fucking lunatic with mental illness or a, you know a you know a criminal. Wow, careful. Who who's gonna who's gonna define that? That's by a, that de- by that definition, no minifan would own a gun. That's a good point. Which I, I think I would sign off on that. I, I would. I would, be, I would happily turn in my <laughs> turn in my. Might gun be good. So everybody else we, wouldn't own them. We could all go to Australia with matters and just not have any guns and, and be, cra- be crazy. Guns, and guns and everybody should vaccinated, which is actually interesting. So if they did a draft, right? We just kicked out a bu- bunch of people for not being vaccinated. If they did a draft, which I don't think will happen, I'm just I'm just saying. But if they did a draft, would the unvaccinated people not not be allowed to join? I think they would, because he, so here's the thing, and this is one, and this is I think where one area we agree. And if we're going to go down the vaccine road at some point, we no, can. no, we're not. We have, we have no plans on it. Okay, good. But I will say this: once it was established that vaccine, and once, especially once Omicron came along, once it was established that vaccines didn't stop uh, COVID from spreading. Yeah, that's when. That's, that's the, the instant that that va- vaccine. You can argue about vaccine mandates before that. You know. Yeah being silly, crazy, whatever. I think there were, there were circumstances under which it made sense, especially like a hospital setting, things like that, nursing homes. However, what the fact that there's still restaurants with vaccines, you know, you just got to show your card, that kind of thing is just beyond ridiculous. And I would almost argue for masks over the vaccine mandates because the vaccine at this point should be a personal choice. Um, you know, I, again, I, I think I'm along the, all right, I don't want to go down this road, but I think, I think we actually agree on this part. Now, what I will say, what I was going to bring up is all these hospital workers got fired for not getting vaccinated, but within a couple of months, we brought in a bunch of national guardsmen to then take the place of those hospital workers who are a less qualified and, and about half of them weren't vaccinated. So you have a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing and they're, who, still you know, they, they're in there with their camouflage. Like all they can basically do is be, you know, candy stripers, yeah. you know, delivering milkshakes and emptying bedpans. They're not vaccinated, but they're taking the place of someone who was fired for not being vaccinated. Or being a professional, but wasn't vaccinated. That that blew my mind. So maybe at this point, you know, if there really was a draft, then they'd probably say, "Come one, come all." And if they didn't, it was it would be very silly because we just kicked a bunch of people out of the military for not being vaccinated. Now we're gonna now we're gonna ask fat old farmers to come, you know, join the military. It, it may that would make no sense. Okay, but we do a lot of things that don't make sense. So it's true. That's why you can't rule out anything. So. This is the, the tinfoil part. So I'm going to try to keep my synopsis around five minutes. This is simple. You can get a beer, kick your feet up, relax. I'm going to go over uh, like my – I did this in like two seconds. I think I'm missing out a couple things. But I'm going to go over my like last four to five years, my timeline, whatever. I think everything lined up, and here we are, and this is why we're here. So if you if you think Montante is crazy, this is a, you know you can clip this part and you let me know what I think. But uh, let me go down my list of what I think happened. You ready? I was actually prepared. I was actually prepared to come on tonight and say that you're more normal than I think people give you credit for. Well, Maybe I, we're just going to change that. I'm glad you didn't say that yet because this this may change that. All right, so I'm yeah, going to start. So scratch uh, that. COVID was created to control the election. Okay. Um, after that, China releases propaganda to normalize the upcoming lockdowns. We all saw the videos. It was like a Hollywood set. Um, Trump is then kicked off Twitter to make the election cover up that much easier to hide. All right. And then they install Biden um, through a fake election as a Trojan horse for globalist elites to install slash prep one world government. Um, 
break America from within with COVID mandates, what we're seeing, brainwashing public schools and kicking uh, qualified people out of the police force and the army um, so they can install who they want. And uh, it's the next one. And then this has to be quick. Um, promote values that blow up the regular social norms. Uh, you know, promoting people who are trans. You get the, we got this first trans person in this part of the army. Um, making pronouns normal and uh, that that whole social construct, which I think is absolute lunacy. They're trying to normalize it and make it part of everyday life. And the last thing is blow up the economy uh, intentionally, so Americans are so broke that they have to rely on the government, which ipso facto is socialism and end of America as we know it. On a scale of one to ten, how crazy is that? Eight and a half. Okay, so not a full ten. No, I don't give you a full ten. I think I think just like many conspiracy theories, there are you know little crumbs of truth in there. I I got to go back to the big my kind of my earlier question. Like I was trying to take notes here as you were going through that. And again, I there you could we could go one by one if we wanted to, and I think we could debate some things. But who is who is this? That who do you think is smart enough and powerful? Is this a deep state thing? Like who who is doing this? Who is driving oh, this? I who believe, had this kind of plan? Who I, could have seen all this coming? Two, especially two wanna... years ago. The power that I don't be, think anyone's smart enough. The powers that the be that really control the money, the money that we don't know about. I'm, not, I'm like like people like the Rothschilds that you know, kind of tell politicians they have in their back pockets that tell them what to do and what to do. Um, a one world government where we have one currency and it, we have social credit scores. Shout out to China. That'll be here soon. That was uh, introduced and made easier from COVID. Uh, two weeks of slow to spread to that. America is about was was maybe kind of still is. Is about freedom, is about the American dream, and that is a threat to the one world government because they don't want you to be able to do whatever you do. They want to control you. They want to control every aspect, watch every aspect of your life, and if you step out of line, you should be punished for it, which is very against what America stands for. So if they can sneak in, scare people with COVID, and slowly start changing little things to kind of get what they want so when they – fully implement it, we're kind of already ready for it and kind of mentally braced for it, then they're clear. Once this domino falls, they're in the clear. So I can't tell you who the one world government is. It's people that we don't know a lot about. We don't know their names. We know the George Soros's. It's people akin to him. No, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think there's any group that could be that that coordinated to to the point where someone said, all right, we're going to create COVID in a lab, we're going to release it, and then I, this is exactly what's going to happen over the next two years. So to this have is where I know you're going to have that biggest, kind of money. It's the biggest coincidence of all time? No, it's cause and effect. But my point is there were, there were way too many little things to fall into place for someone to say, look back at this and say two years ago, you know, aha, this was my – or look back on two years – you know, from now back to then and say, this was my plan the whole time. The first part where you just, you just if COVID ever happens, what we're seeing today, none of this ex- exists. None of it. Well, Donald I, Trump is still president. Well, I, I, I disagree. Well, I disagree. Cause I think part of it is, and this, I think you should agree with a lot of this did start with Trump in that it caused Trump derangement syndrome. And you have certain people that started to go that way. When you start to get into the pronouns and, and some of that stuff, some of that started as basically the pendulum swinging the other way to counteract Trump. That has nothing to do with COVID. Was it exacerbated by it because people were sitting around with nothing to do, talking on podcasts and stream yards well, and saying dumb shit and making up theories? Yeah, there I was say, some of that. When I, think, I say the pronoun stuff, I'm saying that makes when we start putting um, 
look, I mean, the, the, the most some of these recent cabinet hires are just based off the fit in the quota. There, you know, we had this trans person, we had this, you know, drag person, and this. The the world laughs at us. We're the only country who does shit like this. And it, I, I understand. I, I that's not because of COVID. That's not because of huh? COVID, though. That that no, is no, 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 that's no, no, a no, response to Trump. It's a counteraction to Trump. COVID was just the first thing to drop. And now after Biden, we implement the other bullshit. That's what I'm saying. It's not, that has nothing to do – COVID was the first domino to fall. But I think when you start putting these people in place that 30 years ago, I think Democrat or Republican, but that's a freak. Like that should be in a, that should be in a freak show. But now we have them in positions of power and we're the only country doing that. That exudes weakness. And now we're getting walked over. I think there's a direct correlation between that. Again, I'm still not seeing who this really benefits. If there's, you're saying that there's someone who really cares about this stuff that much. But who's rich enough? Who's coordinated enough? Connected enough to cause these things to then cause the downfall of America? And then do they just get some sick pleasure out of it? I mean, this isn't is it benefiting them? We don't know. They're behind the scenes. They're playing a game of chess, and we're not. We don't. We're not. We're not privy to it. I I think you're giving somebody too much credit. Are, am I? The, so many of these, these global wars were really just based off of bullshit and who were calling the shots behind it. There's a lot, Daniel. I'm telling you. I wish I wish Ned Snark is older than me. He, he has a wealth of knowledge. He could kind of add to this, but he's not here with us. He is. He's a lot smarter than both of us combined. I admit that. He's, he's and older than I think older than both of us combined, too, but that's okay. That's that's wisdom. Really? Uh, uh, it would be close. No, I'm just kidding. Ned, Ned, I mean, Ned. Ned's he's younger and better looking than both of us, actually. Yeah, no, he, the, the better looking part is definitely, definitely yeah. not 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 gets either of us. But I mean, us combined, we're. we're yeah. I I, I've I just I don't, of, I've been predicting what's going to happen, and it keeps happening. Okay, so what's going to happen next? Funny you asked. I have Montante's predictions given the uh, given the current situation in the world. You ready for him? Yeah, let's do that. That that sounds more fun. Six dollars. Net nationwide um, average by Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Um, inflation, um, intentional, um, across the country slash globe means that crypto will have one more humongous bull run. Uh, I think in this calendar year, Bitcoin will pass 100,000. Thoughts? Oh, you're not a crypto guy, are you? No, really. Oh, I thought you were still going on your list. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, after these, I want to hear each. What are your thoughts? What are you, th- uh, you want to respond after each one? Quick, just, just quick, quick little. Uh, okay, uh, gas. I agree with you. Bitcoin, probably. Although I think it's then going to take another dip. I, I, I do think cryptocurrency is here to stay. I, I don't argue with that. Um, I think more and more people are. It's going to become the new hoarding or the new uh, sort of preparing. You know, doomsday scenario, yeah. doomsday prepper type which thing. I think you will catch on and probably catch on to the point. And so this is one thing I do think that was an effect of COVID. You you have more of that. You see people moving out to rural areas. You see all the people going to Montana and Idaho, and all that kind of thing. You see more of that. And believe me, that that a little bit of that mentality slipped into myself as well. Cause you just, yeah. you don't want to be that guy who, you know, the music stops and you're holding there with, with no food, no water, you know, no electricity and, and uh, no way to defend yourself or take care of your family, you know? So I, I think that's, that's a fear of, of pretty much every American that's paying attention. Now, how much they do about that, I think is sometimes, you know, questionable, but crypto is one of those ways to potentially get into that. 
however, what if the, you know, what if the emperor has no clothes in some of those areas? Look, I mean, Bitcoin, we all know about. And look, I'm definitely not the first to be talking about crypto. Um, but are some of these currencies, you know, <laughs> are they real in a way? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I think no, that, that okay. and, and I'm not even asking that. I But I, I'm saying that's what I think what a lot of Americans think, are questioning, especially the more, older generation. You know. Oh, for sure. But let's have one more one more bull run. I think it's over 100, 100K this calendar year. Um, okay. China takes back Taiwan in the next 90 days. 90 days. Okay. Uh, I agree. That's probably going to happen. I don't know about 90 days. That's, that seems aggressive, but okay, we'll, we'll write it down. What what are your odds on that? Uh, I was honestly thinking 60 at 50, 50, but I gave myself a little more time. I would say 90, 10. Uh -huh. Wow. That's where we, we would have to step in more with Taiwan than we would with Ukraine. And that's where things gets interesting. I I, that would that would make things very interesting, and I think, and that's where things would really start. We'd start to see the impact here in the U.S. on every yeah. citizen at some level, and and that's that's really scary. Whatever the cause, yeah. whatever the. Well, I, I, know, hope I hope they're wrong. Pretty much all it. these, um, to be honest with you. Um, and then the last one um, with midterms and everything coming up, and uh, with these world wars breaking up, Taiwan taking over, gas going up so much. Um, I think Biden has made the scapegoat, which is fine because he has dementia. He was a Trojan horse in the first place. Um, I think his own party makes him scapegoat. They get him out of there maybe because he's you know, mentally competent, whatever it may be. Maybe they impeach him on something. And then I think the media and everybody um, tried to prop up Kamala Harris for hopes of uh, you know salvaging the, the the midterms. I think that happens as well. So, and here's so I think this is actually probably the strongest argument against what you're talking about earlier. If someone really has this long-term plan, and if part of this plan is that they really want Democrats to stay in power for a long time, they what they've her? been doing is this—they've been doing everything to turn off voters. You know, any sort of you know purple voter, you know, they're completely turned off against voting for a Democrat right now. You know, not all of why, them. Why? Why is that though? Because people that are paying attention are, are seeing, you know. Between Afghanistan, they see the you know the weak posture of the country. They see the average person that doesn't, especially that doesn't follow politics. They see the gas prices going up, like you said. They see the supply chain issues. You know, they see just general inflation, and they're going to blame the president. And then you know, you look at things like the school board issue in San Francisco. You know, you look at the governor race in in Virginia. You know, you have people that are middle of the road who are now you know Democrats are just basically you know and, and until recently the whole COVID one eighty well all of a sudden it's like oh now Gavin Newsom saying you don't have to wear masks anymore like where did that come from well I guess most of them in the poll numbers you know all of a sudden you know I think Democrats too little too later are realizing like well shit not not you know maybe the Twitter majority agrees with us but most like hardworking living Americans you know, don't like what they're seeing right now. And that's going to, that's going to potentially, so, you know, it's so going to be a rough midterm. You're ipso facto making my point though. Because they're doing you know, so do bad. Do you really know what ipso facto means? I think I use it correctly. Don't, if I didn't. Let me finish. Let me use the context clues the rest of my sentence. I think ipso facto making my point because it's all going so bad and everything's being handled so poorly. And it's just really having a detriment on our, on our everyday lives. I think is that it was by design. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, so you think this was maybe a Republican conspiracy to actually no, get no, I'm back saying in power. The, the, the reason why people are not going to vote for Democrats is because they're doing such a bad job. But I think they're doing such a bad job by design. That's what this is always designed to do. They are fucking up the country on purpose. And when you so fire Joe Biden, him, put the blame on him. Let the media, let the HBOs, let the athletes, let the news, everybody say, hey, 
Kamala, yes, Queen, she's here. She was against Joe on this. She was against Joe on that. Hey, we're still here. We're still better than Trump. They're racist. They're crazy. Vote for us. There's a big flaw in that argument, though. Well, people are very stupid. No, pe people don't. Well, people don't like Kamala either. They like they like her less, and she's true. But not gonna, good at she's rebranded as this black woman, which she's not. And she was the one who was against you know all these things that are going to be voted against being very unpopular. And the media can pump her up enough. I think it may it may have a snowball well, chance. What media though? CNN and MSNBC. Are they gonna? I mean, are they gonna change Fox Everything News viewers' Fox. minds? Everything but Fox. I don't think so, man. I I don't I don't think that's going to work. Right. I think, These are just Montante's predictions. Here. I think you you needed a, you needed a different vice president in that in that place to make that to make that theory sound, because the the way you're talking about it makes it sound like it's someone who wanted basically wanted to set the Democrats up for well, failure. So then the, the Republicans. What's the most? What is the biggest opposite of a 82 year old dementia riddled career politician? A young black black with air quotes female who's not a career politician i'm just saying that there's you can make the argument they're not like maybe on paper maybe on paper but when it comes to their to their views their you know what their policies how different are they danny you're giving the american voters too much credit people are fucking very stupid I, they're very dumb so if the media chooses to run with this narrative more often than not people will just run with it But again, it's it's the people who watch those outlets. It's the people who follow their outlet, who follow the you know are in their echo chamber. You know, it, it, the media, unless it gets into Twitter and even even Twitter, what ten percent of Americans are on Twitter? Maybe it's even less than that. I, I don't know. I I just don't. How, so how you, do you, you think know, people you know, you really? Yourself going to pick up a newspaper and you see your 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 local paper, a breath of fresh air, and it's Kamal with American flag behind her and. Here's Who's what, picking uh, up a newspaper? Is this 1995? This, this is the Democrat, you know, the Democrat that we were promised. Like, people are very fucking stupid. I don't disagree with that, but who's reading the newspaper? I'm just saying these, these small things that even if you don't buy the newspaper and read it, these small headlines, these small things, they seep into your brain whether you want them to or not. They do. They have, and if you don't pay attention to politics, you don't watch the news, you're only picking up these certain things from certain places, and they're usually slanted Democrats. So you might see eight things that favor Democrats. You will not read the article. You only read the headline. But when it comes time to vote and time to think, I, I don't know, I'm just saying, I, I think there's a lot more national branding that leans one way that kind of seeps into people's brains than people realize. And if you walk into a restaurant and you see Fox, oh, Fox is crazy. So you go into that already knowing, oh, they've Fox on that stupid wrong anyway. But you're fed so much bullshit, so some so many other sources that oh well this this newspaper said that this newspaper said that that, that TV said that this said that this said that threat you see the common thread here you see the common message it kind of seeps into your brain that's all I'm saying. Does I agree with I guess that concept, but I don't know I I agree. Look, did I, did did I use ipso facto right? Did you what? Did I use ipso facto correctly? Yeah, you, you used it ad hominem. It was great. Huge. Thank you. you you shook me. You're like, hey, do you know what that means? Like, please don't make me explain it because I don't. But I, I I know the context clue, so I was able to use it correctly. So I'm I'm proud of that. I, I was impressed. You know, I think you should actually do a Montante word of the day. Actually, that would be pretty exciting. Instead of Wordle, 
Ooh, that's a good gotta, that's a good segment. Yeah. Honestly, I don't yeah, actually have Wordle because I don't have my update on my phone. So people just fucking post like you still you still have that iPhone six. Uh yes. I, I respect that. I, re- I respect the, the, the thing about it too that, is that it's, that's really bad about my iPhone six is uh it's so old that it's having an audio issue. So I, Siri doesn't work on my phone, and I can't talk on the phone because it doesn't do phone calls. So if you if you want to text me, text me on my regular phone. If you want to call me, you have to call my my uh my work phone. And the thing oh, is, okay. I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay to get it fixed, but it's gonna have to be sent away for a week. So I keep like I'm like ah, is this I'm gonna oh, have wow. to do it soon. But the thing about that. Is I'm due for I get a free the new iPhone for free. I do so many upgrades, but I'm gonna pay two hundred fifty dollars to get my old iPhone six fixed because I'm. Probably are are you sure that are you sure Apple hasn't like blacklisted you or something by now? I don't know. I feel like you're probably on some not list yet. somewhere. Not that, yet. Let's have yeah, let's have conversation here. The answer may be. I feel like Tim Tim Cook or, or Tim Apple or whatever probably you know you know he's got the Montante's world uh, podcast. Yeah, actually, so this is a complete aside. Are you surprised sometimes that you know so with all the you know the banning and the uh, censorship and whatnot with YouTube and Google and Spotify, whatever. Are you surprised sometimes that Apple podcasts just keep kind of keep putting everything up seeming, you know, it's like I, some of the stuff you actually hear on Apple's platform is the least censored stuff out there. That is interesting. At the end of the day, there's still a business. And so I think if you, if, if, if these podcasts that say things that kind of go against the threshold, uh, you know, against the grain, I should say, as long as they don't, you know, get too big and too much, attention i think at the end of the day it is still a business they want to make money but like i said if joe rogan were getting that that much pushback on apple um and he wasn't you know inclusive to them i think then they would actually then they would ban it but for you know schmohawks like me just you know idiots that only get any 150 200 listens episode they don't give a fuck because the end of the day we're still using their platform it's you know a bunch of these you know young podcasts like me small podcasts like me is at the end of the day going to make more money for them then you know, start banning these you know these periodic random accounts. So it's just it's all about business, it's all about dollar. Everything's fucking fake. Nobody really stands for anything, unless you know, unless you're the Clinchco brothers. Like that's what I said. That's pure. That's why I want to bring that up early. Like that is like they had no reason to do that. They had no reason. They could have retired, stay in stay in L.A., hook up with your hot wife. They're going back to Ukraine to fight probably a losing war and maybe get killed. That's balls. That's balls. That's yeah. That that's pretty hard. Pretty hardcore. I mean, that that seems like uh, maybe like a Pat Tillman type story here. Oh, great callback! One thousand percent. Good call. Yeah, I mean, since I didn't do any show prep, obviously, uh, you know, that's <laughs> I figured I had to pull something out and uh, and try that's to end the conversation. That was, that was good. And look, Dave, I will. We're, t- right thresh- we're right at a threshold of an hour. Do you have a couple more things? We can do buck 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 ten, buck fifteen. Yeah, you okay with that? I actually had a couple yeah. things for you. I, I will say so. In this, there's a little segue here. Um, I, you know, so you know, you say oh, I'm a liberal, that and this and that. You know, so yes, I am a Democrat. You know, I think we've talked about this before. You know, I, I'm sort of a, more of a Clinton era Democrat. I, and then I just and look, I try to be, I just try to be reasonable. I like to hear both sides of an argument, and I just, I do get at times pissed off with both sides. But you know, in in general, uh, at the moment, I've kind of had some some issues with my own party more than the other one, but. You know, I, a lot of times I don't like either, but I'm also not going to cop out and say I'm a libertarian. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think the thing that continues to bother me, and this is where something like, you know, someone like a Grant Greenwald, I think, is an interesting person. Um, you know, he's someone who is, you know, gay guy, far far left in many ways. But he's, you know, he's coming out and, and talking about, you know, bias in the media and censorship. 
and things like this. And, and that that's the stuff that probably bothers me the most, you know, no matter, no matter the party, no matter your background and, and none of that is as an American, that's something that really, that really does bother me. And you, and you can say something like, Oh, well, Twitter has the right to ban this person. YouTube has the right to block this video. You know, if you bring up COVID-19, you know, you bring up the word vaccine, you know, you're banned, you're blocked, you're off. And, and as someone like yourself, you know, you've been, you know, kicked Agreed. off Twitter how many times oh, this, that is something that, count. that is something that I will, I will. And if you want to throw a conspiracy theory out about that, the fact that American citizens in general seem to be pretty much okay with this, the fact that a bias in the media doesn't and on both sides, but you know, and, and, and certainly more left leaning and more outlets anywhere left leaning, but just in general, the fact that bias in the media in general doesn't seem to be acknowledged by a lot of people, uh, you know, they just put the blinders on and they, again, they put on the channel that they, that's going to tell them what they want to hear a, and then B the fact that people are just kind of okay with this, you know, censorship or just, and, and it's even getting into, to, to schools and to books, you know, you're, you're, you're banning books. I mean, it, it reminds me of the, the scene in, in Field of Dreams. You know, you've got you know Terrence Mann, the boat rocker, getting fucking kicked out of out of schools, and and people are just they're fine with it. Like, uh, <laughs> where where are the Kinsellas to come to the meeting and show up and and shout people down? Like, where where is that part of America? I don't I don't really get that part. And call yeah. me a freaking call me freaking far right if for I, I, I don't care. I don't care about labels there. But this part this part this part is the part that it's happening. I don't like. The, the fact that people are okay with this is the part that really bothers like and not in some cases not even acknowledging it that's that's what yeah. grinds my gears here well the, the the mindset behind is well good that's what they get because they're wrong they're 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 endangering the the betterment of society well first off they're they may not be wrong you just don't agree with them but the second part of how naive and ignorant that is is eventually that that may and probably will turn against you now you're gonna have a problem with it but when that happens it's already too late so listen People have the right, free speech in America, it's a beautiful thing. I even think you should be able to say the most racist, fucked up things that you want in your life. And everyone's going to, people should push back and call you a scumbag, a low life, a loser. And if your boss, boss chooses to fire you for you being a racist scumbag, guess what? That comes with the part of you being a racist, loser, scumbag. Agreed. But to, so that, that's just a part of life. But to, to, when you start pleasing stuff, it's, it's the biggest slippery slope of all time. So if you don't like a podcast because they say something you don't agree with, I got a suggestion for you. You don't yeah, that's it. You took your headphones off. Don't listen. Now it needs to be banned because he said X, Y, and Z. Get your booster. Joe Rogan's a you know threat. You're like, oh my God. And is he actually like but I agree with you wholeheartedly. So the fact that you say shit like that, you are you are a uh uh you know a, a Bill. Uh I actually like Bill. I, I mean, you know, He's a bit of a creep, buddy. All right, Dan. So you were you were mentioning before. I actually forget what we were talking about because we just took a little break. So censorship. You, is your is your brain good enough to remember what we were talking about? Censorship. There you go. Boom. Let's finish on that. So no, no. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just we'll just wrap it up. Now, the fact that you know we agree on that, and like I said, people don't realize that eventually, you know, it's all fun and games until the uh, you know the pointing guns actually pointed at you, and I, that and that will eventually come for all. So censorship is awful. Let people be scumbags. Let people get ridiculed, rightly so, and that's how we should balance each other out. Uh, the government should have absolutely no say in what uh, speech should be deemed problematic and because what is problematic today may not be problematic tomorrow, so keep moving the goalposts. Agreed, and my, and my last point on that, and this is where I probably had some of the biggest issues, 
just like you were saying, look, the American voter might not be the smartest. And then, you know, you have the people that don't vote. But the point is, so it's one thing for you to say that. But when the government says, hey, look, people can't handle this misinformation and someone's deciding who this uh-huh. what this means. And when you had this whole fact check thing like that drives me nuts, too. It's like, oh who is God. this arbiter of what's true and what's not? I mean, and it's some guy sitting at Google deciding like, hey, this is true or this yeah. this isn't. And when you look at the YouTube stuff again. Look, I, I'm pro-vax. I think you should get vac- vaccinated, whatever. At this point, if you don't, it's your own choice. We've we've hit that 70 to 80% yeah. that Fauci said we needed a hit for herd immunity. We're there. Yeah. Omicron, less dangerous. Vaccine's not stopping the spread, blah, blah, blah. You know, there was a time before we knew more that I think maybe other things should have been done. However, when you look at the government saying, well, we can't put out this misinformation, it's people just, again, and I hate to keep using the Rogan example because I feel like he's been beaten to death, but you know, there's a guy in general, and you can you can disagree with him, but okay, great, go and disagree with him. Are people really not getting the vaccine because Joe Rogan eventually, and he no. didn't even come out and say he didn't get it, at least not for a while. You know, it just, it's like, so they're just assuming people are so gullible they're going to listen to some podcast. I mean, look, if you don't get vaccinated because of Montante's world, then you're a fucking moron with all apologies to this great podcast here. I'm with you on that. Make make your own decisions based, you know, (laughs) I know the do your own research people got made fun of, but you know what? I'd rather you do your own research and that research be somewhat, you know, based in actual science instead of what science you're fed. I mean, that, that's the stuff that reminds me of whether you want to compare it to communist Russia and this or that, you know, you get all those nasty things. There was censorship and all there are still, there's still censorship in places like North Korea and China and Russia. Yeah, well, I agree wholeheartedly, and it's just that's the thing that it really is uh, is mind boggling. I'm gonna put the bit twenty five bucks on the Warriors minus five. Bing bang boom. Who are they playing? Uh, they're at Portland. I don't know anything that's happening. I just, I just know oh yeah, those those West Coast know. basketball. <laughs> that's yeah. always interesting. Who, who? Yeah, you get he you get somebody out there making a line on that. That's like, well, these idiots in the it's East Coast. Don't know either, like, about. They're down six, but um, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Listen, and th- at the end of the day, you know what? If someone is stupid enough to listen to Joe Rogan and take their vaccine advice from that. Who cares? They're that's yeah. their freedom. Then they're an idiot. If the vaccine yeah. does work. It doesn't. But if it does work, and you know they end up not getting vaccinated and getting COVID, and they die, and if they actually had the vaccine, they would have survived. That was their choice. Let people be people, whether they're making good decisions or bad decisions. That's on them. They're individuals. That's yeah, simple. I- I do. I do think the the one offshoot from that, the one caveat, is the whole overloading the hospital systems, which is no longer the case. For for a period, there was that. You know, look, you can say that the the vaccine didn't stop the spread, and I think that should have been acknowledged well before it actually was. The fact that it mitigated death and hospitalization, I think, needs to be acknowledged, especially in older people, fat people, that kind of thing. So, you know, look, I, we, no one no one needs to hear this shit again. We don't have to go through it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's made up their mind on this at this point. For sure. What are, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I have two questions and one last thing for you, but I don't, you know, it's your show, so I don't want to no, try no, no, it. You're good. Good. Um, so I, I wanted to make a comment. So I, I did, I tried to do some show prep here by going back through some old Montante's worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's pretty interesting to listen to Michael Montante, the evolution of the podcaster. I was interested, A, kind of what really first got you into doing this? Because I, I think you are actually very good at this, despite what some people say. Uh, I think you're a good interviewer. You make people feel comfortable. You know, I think you're a little crazy, but that's good. That's what makes it. That's why people listen. Like if you're boring like me, no one's going to listen to, you know, 67 episodes of this. Yeah. Um, 
so I guess what sort of initially got you into this and then who are your kind of top three Montante's world guests outside of, you know, Nadu and, and maybe even Daver since they're on all the time. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's actually an interesting question. So I, I've said this before, but I just, like I said, um, I, I wanted to like one who's when Colleen was leaving Jerry, I wanted to do Jerry's show. And I like, Actively like pursued. I remember like where I was. I remember like, pulling over the side of the road, like mm-hmm. sending my like, resume. Then I, I got like online like buzz behind it. But at the end of the day, like I mean, like calling DM is like, oh, this is funny. Like uh, maybe Montante to call out to a uh, Jerry's question mark. But then when you actually think about it, it's like <laughs> like I, I could look at porn on my phone and I could text you. Like I don't know how to produce a show. So and I was like, I'm not gonna get any you know produce you know opportunities. So. Just let me just create my own reality. So I made an app on my phone. Didn't know what I was doing, you know, and just slowly, slowly, slowly started getting into it. So I kind of, you know, cultivated my own reality. So that was fun. So even the, the, the one, the one show with Jerry was fun. The fact that I even got to that point was like, okay, like, you know, I created in August, you know, now it's now February. So that was, it was well worth it. And, you know, to know that I was the backup plan behind, uh, Bruce Mittman and Craig, which is a great <laughs> opportunity. It is, it is a good opportunity. That that, that was my. You did a good. Job. I you did a good job that one day. I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but I thought you were good on air actually that day. I thought that was a nice surprise yeah. too. To, yeah, I, 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 I tuned in that day and I heard you on. I was like, holy shit, this is great. Yeah, it was fun. The platform you usually upload on wasn't compatible, but I figured it out. But yeah. um, no, so the fact that I even got that opportunity, you know, seven months in was cool. Like I said, I, I like doing this. Like I never like dread doing this. It's never like, oh fuck, I thought it was show tonight. No, like it's a good time. Like I like talking to you. I like talking to all my guests, and it's really pro- you know producing is really not that hard. So if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. If it doesn't, I don't care either way. It, it is a good time. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the you know just kind of cultivate my own uh, my own reality into this thing where I could actually you know send somebody a resume if they have the producer thing, and um, you know hey listen I've, I've done over you know right now it's at sixty seven shows, but I also have my gambling podcast blah blah blah. And my point thing is I want my resume to be good enough to get me in the door for an interview. So if you interview, sure. if you do 10 interviews, my interviews just stick out from the other people because I'm different. Like I'm I'm weird, I'm strange, and I'm, and I'm okay to be that way. And so it's even funny, like today I wear my Alex Jones shirt at the office just to let people know, like, hey, like you, you, you may think I'm crazy, you may think I'm a conspiracy theorist. And there's this one driver who came in today. I've never not my driver, so I don't know. Said, hey man, he started laughing. He's like, look at me laughing. I was like, What are you like? My hairline make you laugh? He's like, no, he's is that an Alex Jones shirt? And I was like, yeah. He goes, bro, he's like, I watch this show. I'm like, you really wear that in public? I go, yeah, why would I not? And he goes, dude, people are going to think you're crazy. I go, my guy, people who think I'm crazy are introducing themselves with their pronouns. Am I worried about them thinking I'm crazy? <laughs> They're the crazy ones. And he dapped me up, black guy. Dapped me up, walked out. I'm like, who cares? Be yourself. We're only here once, Danny. So that, that was exhibit 101, exhibit 101 of why, why I enjoy you. So you went from one of the craziest things I've ever heard a few minutes ago to like a very normal, coherent, well thought out, intelligent response to my question. Very versatile. I just, I just never know what to expect. Find you a man to do you both. So you're, you're yeah, talking. So that's, so that's that. And you, so your top, top, top guess. Oh, good point. Oh, good point. I was just ready to nail this fucking uh, question you're about to ask. Um, uh, so I, the most interesting guest I think I had, I forget his Twitter handle. It's like three Twitters ago. So he, he was a black conservative who was so fucking knowledgeable. Oh, the big, uh, the Bruins I fan. Find him, but 
it's so hard that I don't know. I forget his handle, so I'll try to find him. I wish I could say his name, but he, he was a black conservative who came on, and he, he was just so fucking smart. He was good. He was I liked him. Yeah. You remember him? I do. Yeah, he was the big he was the big Bruins fan, right? No, he was awful. That was Shakri Wrights. He was awful. No, I'll I'll find I'll I'll go through Montante's with I know I I tagged him in it. I'll I'll find him. I'll I'll send it to him. Shakri Wrights stunk. No, so it was him. He was good. He was he was a wealth of knowledge. Like he knew stuff that like history teachers wouldn't know. And he I like looked up stuff after we were done talking. Like he was like right about everything. So. He was really cool. Oh, I I did listen to that. Yeah, I don't remember now, but yeah. I, I, I can't remember his name. But yeah. he, he was good. Um, I know, yeah, David's been on a zillion times, so he doesn't count. Um, who else? Was like interesting, interesting, interesting. I like uh, I like as dumb as it sounds, and I hate him. Menors was interesting because it was, it was like kind of interesting to hear like a little bit about you know our differences and whatnot. He he was interesting. BD was always good, but he came on multiple times. So I don't think that counts. I'm definitely, I'm probably missing somebody, but. Um, well, I'll so as you say that, I, I will say I, I am a big Mentor fan. So I was kind of curious as to that. Cause I, I, I actually enjoy both of you guys. I interact with both of you guys. And, and I, yeah. think, I think you guys would actually have a good time if you were in the same room. And I, I love the story that, and I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe you can confirm or deny the fact that you pitched to him the same wrap up show that that he pitched six months ago. I think was a pretty good one. Oh yeah, correct. I did. I did do that because I don't like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One thousand percent. That 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 confirmed happened. Um, the third, the third's escaping. I mean, I've never had a the, the one guest I probably had on. I was like, oh, that, that sucked. It was uh, Shakri Wright was boring. Um, that was like the one uh KMS thing I did. Um, on the network, and also, I, I like, I like, I can talk to pretty much anybody, I like talking to people. So, no, you are, you're, you're good at that. You're, you're friendly, you, you bring people, you bring people in. So, I'll tell you, um, so I, I guess I, I think obviously I love Ned Snark and I think you do a good job with him. The, the one where, where he had COVID and you were hoping he died on, on during the podcast was that, oh, was, that was a good call. Yeah, was, but they, he, so in my brain, I already nixed him out because he came on twice. So I was trying to do like one off. Oh, okay. No, I was thinking more like something like a Nadu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. If that's yeah, the case, yeah, yeah. like anytime. So anytime guest would be, um, yeah. One, that guy, the one, the name's escaping me. Um, two, Dave, Dave and I could talk. He's that good. Three is Ned. And then four would be matters. Okay. I like that. But, I like um, that. Yeah. No, so no. the the one the one dark horse I was going to throw out. I actually really enjoyed the episode with your friend Connor. Oh yeah, that was a wild card episode. Yeah, people were yeah. very conflicted, but it did absolute numbers. I I liked I liked him. Like he, I liked how you guys knew each other. You you told some really good stories on that one. You had some flashbacks, some good back and forth. I think I liked his his argument on the vaccine side. His Rittenhouse argument was terrible, but oh. overall, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he 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 said us he 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 brought up the across state lines like thing like three times and I'm like all right that's it I'm not yeah yeah guy. yeah no, he, he, he ended on that too I actually re-listened to that one recently and I'm like I really like this guy and then he starts saying across state lines and I'm like you know, I know like, he, he, he is like an awesome guy but he's just I like him anything politically but no he he is like an actual like very very good guy I see him every fucking Thanksgiving at the bar he's a good guy tell, yeah that's a good uh that's a good that's a good callback we're trying I'm trying to get um. A booker to get some more uh some more guests on coming up. Um so we'll see how uh Mima does. <laughs> that, that, that's the big the big brains behind this. But let's let's end with the last I thing. Like I that. think I know we're gonna go with this. I'm excited to flex the muscles if that's what it is. Okay. 
Um, so <clears throat> Matt Castle, Anquan Bolden, Jeff Saturday, Tom Tupa. All right, give me one by one. Jeff Matt Castle. Uh University of Southern California. He's actually the cousin of a kid I graduated with. Anquan Bolden. Uh Florida State. Jeff Saturday. North Carolina. Tom Tupa. I don't know who that is. Well, that's how you don't know who that, that is? Play? When did that guy play? Uh, okay, so oh, does it maybe not fit in your? So he was he was the Patriots punter for a long time. When did he play? Uh, no, he was in the nineties. Is that too yeah. early? Does that not count? Yeah, that's out of the out of the wheelhouse. All right. Well, he was from the, the Ohio State University. Okay. Um, three out of four is not bad. I'll take three out of four. That that was very good. And the fact you answered you answered with that that rate of speed was was very impressive. So, a little background on that. We we had a little. Uh, we had a little, so hit the post, uh, moderated a little uh, trivia contest between Montante and I, and, and you, you came out victorious, maybe by one. Although I think I kind of caught up in the bonus round Close. with the Super Troopers questions, but that that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, it's my little uh, my little autism showing where I know very useless stuff at a high rate that will get me nowhere in life, but I do know it. So listen, I'd rather know it than not know it. But yeah, the Algae Crumpler one was awesome. Was like, All right, I'll see you guys later, in North Carolina. Good night. That was that was good. That that was an ultimate Montante drop the mic moment. That was great. <laughs> like nobody nobody should honestly know that, but I I knew it the whole time. And only three people know what we're talking about now too, which is you know really good for the masses. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why we do what we do. But uh, well, I think we did. I think we just solid like buck ten, buck fifteen. So I appreciate. Thank you for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I'd love to come on again. I actually had some more stuff for you. I think you know a few more things no, no, we can no, talk no, about. No, no. I enjoy going back keep and going, forth. Keep going. Go go. Do you actually have like readily available? Uh, yeah, but I look. I don't want to take your, you know, too much time here. I mean, you got, I got you got to oh, go. All right. So here's here's here's. I wanted. I, it was a more kind of minifan related stuff. I, I was interested in a little bit. Sort of who who is your sort of kind of an MVP minifan who's sort more of sort of a, a dark horse. And I actually brought up our friend hit the post because he's kind of one of mine. Like I really, I think he's a it's nice a guy. He's a good guy. It's Enjoy interacting with that awesome. guy. I think he's talented. Yeah. So who else do you kind yeah, of pull he, up? You know, awesome. Maybe he, not he everybody talks a, about. You know, stick-to-itiveness. Where like you know he does his things that I've seen the numbers grow for his his little live streams, so he's a good answer. Yeah. Um, Jackson, 10, I, would, I would say forever, but he's starting to get his like his, his attention. So his like kind of like uh, it kind of seems like a um, comedian answer now. But I, I like I like that guy Jackson for a long long time. I actually agree politically, which probably helps it. Um, some some under the radar. Ah. Uh, I like Jackson a lot. I don't know who else. Who would be like a sneaky? Oh, this. I don't know. You know what? Actually, is, is confusing. I think Bone, this did Bone Jams, who been on the podcast, Owner Jams. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. If he's actually just a person that's on Twitter that like is friendly with a bunch of fans, or if he listens because he doesn't tweet about the show. I mean, there's a I lot mean, of fans that don't really tweet about the show anymore. Best minute fan of all time, BA. Far none, actually. You put him above like a Tim and Canton and a gig. Oh, I'm just saying who I enjoy the most. BA is unbelievable. Oh, okay, okay. So you're not talking like Mount Rushmore or OG. No, no, no like I'm just saying just... like the minute fans who I enjoy like just like interacting with. BA's top tier guy. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm a, I'm a big BA fan. I, I like uh, all the GVE guys. You so know, he's, I, I, so I really he's so do. pure. Like uh, BA's unbelievable and he's entertaining. I love BA. Love BA. Yeah, he 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 just you just can't you can't not smile when you talk to the guy. Just the only time I was uncomfortable with him, he was like he was on like 
like uh, like Chanter with the soccer stuff. He was on a humongous bender. And he was like, being a lunatic uh, over the phone and texting. So I was like, what's going on here? But outside of that, unbelievable. Yeah, you know what? Everybody has their moments. You know, I'm, I'm willing to forgive. I look at hopefully people can which forgive is, which my, is why, uh, my sins. Which is why we had to record tonight and not on Sunday. I was so <laughs> fucking hungover Sunday. And I usually, I, I mean, I'm a big drinker, so I'm hungover a lot. But I was hungover to the point where I could not formulate a sentence. And I was laying in bed for hours at a time, just paralyzed at the thought of having to move. So it was an ugly scene. It was well, really bad. It, someday, maybe in the National Archives, they'll have our text exchange from that morning because it was quite the progression. I, so I was well, not hungover, but I was tired and I had to work. I talked myself into it. You were. I, I appreciated that, too. You were trying to come through. Honestly, I, again, I was tired. I had to work. I was prepping for a big week this week. I wasn't at my best. So you know what? I think that that podcast either. So I think this I think tonight was good. I don't know. I, I don't know how you'd grade it. I'm going to ask you that in a second. But. You know, I think this was, you know, maybe mediocre to slightly above average. I think that was either going to be absolutely awful and like you or couldn't even post it or it might have it might have been fucking amazing. I mean, yeah. I think it was going to be one or the other at that point. Yeah. But I, I just I love the one where you're like red alert, code red, bailout, eject, whatever. Well, yeah, so like, I'm talking myself into it. I was like, maybe we'll get up and shower and like we'll feel like a human, like maybe make a mixed drink. And like, but then like I was so paralyzed by feeling so awful. I didn't get up. I didn't shower. And I. It was, but there's like people here still, like on the couch. Like, I never, yeah. At- oh, when you said that, I was like, oh my God, I had flashbacks to back when I had roommates and shit. I mean, that's awful. That's the worst thing. Well, I so, don't have a- roommates up there. I had temporary roommates there. Like, because people, we were no, literally no. drinking and, you know, hitting the slopes to like 5 a.m. So, yeah. But I that's even right. worse. But then I you saw wake the up, you know, the oven said yeah. 5 45. Then I looked outside and it was bright out. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this isn't good. This, <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you just, you, you know, at some point you hit uh, some level of adulthood where you don't want to wake up feeling like shit. And then you still have like strangers in your house and naked people and whatever. It just, you know, animals running around like it shouldn't look like the hangover uh, in the opening scene, you know, when you when you wake up in the morning anymore. But I will say that the, the hangovers themselves only get worse. So get used to it. Yeah. Do you know what? You know, you know my brain was mushy was um. so I, I eventually got up like at two. I got McDonald's and I had an all time fat moment and just like I was so. This is this is actually not good. I got McDonald's and then my brain was like on an autopilot, and for some reason it was taking me to work. And so what? I found myself like 20 minutes further away from my house than I should have been. And I was like, what? wait, it's like a Sunday, you're like dying. I was just eating like fucking uh I get the, the two cheeseburger meal with a large fry. So I was just eating. I was like, wait, where are we? And I, I looked over, I was right next to Boston Market. Like, you know what? It's like let's plot ahead, we'll get dinner for tonight. I walked okay. in. I got Boston Market, so I was going to eat it later. And I got in and got my turkey meal, mm-hmm. two side mashed potatoes, and I was looking, staring. And this has happened before. I was looking at the, the, the mac and cheese. My brain was so fucked up, I couldn't remember what it was called. That doesn't sound like a hangover. That, that sounds like a Walter White moment in the supermarket. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Oh, well... Yeah, like a little episode. So wait, you just started driving. You didn't know where you're going. You're I was eating an autopilot. I should have I should have head back to Seabright, but I got my meal. Do you, and I just, do you know the difference between cruise control and autopilot? Huh? <laughs> was it steering for you too? I, I no. I'm I so just I, my brain just. I got my meals, eating French fries, and my brain was just like, "Oh, we go this way now," and we shouldn't have done that. Were you by yourself? Yes. 
Sounds like you shouldn't have been at that point. But... I, yeah, I went messing in my head for about 15 minutes. And then when I figured out what was happening and I had my, my parents around me, I, I then I went to Boston Market and I planned ahead and I couldn't remember mac and cheese. I like the plan ahead part. See, that seems like a moment of clarity somewhere in your rock bottom. Well, because once you realize that you're making a, a grave mistake and you, you're like essentially lost, I then got my bearings and figured out where I was. Like, all right, if we're going to be here, let's make it worthwhile. I saw my Boston Market. I went in, and I was just—I was just looking at it. And I was like, "What's your what? Do you, what's your second thing?" And I couldn't formulate the words. I was looking at the gooey mac and cheese. It looked so good, and I couldn't. I was like, "I don't want to point to this because I look like a fucking idiot." But after like 10, 15 seconds of just looking at it, I just pointed. Is like, he's like mac and cheese? Like, yep, <laughs> yes, sir. He's like, "Oh, this special little boy needs a yeah, little bit well, of help." Yeah. Trust me, I was like, "Give me the the, the turkey meal." Um, with gravy, just on the turkey, mashed potatoes, and then um, and ten seconds blank. Did you get double gravy, by the way? Yes, you have to. That's that, that's that's my order. Look, so as a fellow larger man, I appreciate the fact you were anticipating the next meal before you finished the first one and before you even knew where the I fuck to, you were. I, I, I had to make the trip worth it because at this point, I was just lost. <laughs> You're like, I can't. I don't know what these words mean, but I know I'm gonna need more food later as I pound these double cheeseburgers and French fries down my gullet, which is amazing. When I can't eat, I can't eat. If I'm really hungover, I can't eat. Like I'm not hungry. I have no appetite. I, 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 pretty much always, I can always. I can always eat. Always. The every time we're eating is not not an option. <laughs> then, then on the way home, did you hit up Taco Bell. KFC. I should have, if it was on the way, I would have talked about breakfast. Was your girlfriend around when you got when you arrived home with your like ten pounds of fast food? Right, so she, she was very mad at me. Um, she's sleeping, so but also whisper just in case she hears it. She was oh, now you're whispering. Okay. So we went to the bar that day at ten a.m. and me and my buddy Charlie, Thad Castle on Twitter. You guys may know him. And yeah. we watched soccer. It was a soccer bar. It was a good time. Really good time. Like fun. I can talk to anybody. So we made friends like with this, this three guys, maybe four girls, and. We're like, hey, like, listen, like, like, oh, we had a good time. Like, start, somehow, you know me, uh, somebody walked in the mask and I started, boom, oh no, booing them. They were oh, like, no. they were like, they were like, oh, <laughs> they loved it. And is this like, still, yeah. still before noon? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was teetering around noon. And then I was like, hey, you know, this is my this is my thoughts. This and so we started with politics, soccer, gambling. So they liked me. And like, with the like, mask, but did they, did they have the mask on the whole time? Well, the people, the, the people walking in, it wasn't the people I was talking to. But yeah, oh, okay. And so the people I was talking, to, I was leaving. I was like, "Listen, like I had a great time. Like, uh, you know, let's let's run this back." And like, "Yo, like the nice, the day's young. Like it was Saturday. I was like, what are you, like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing today?" I was like, "Listen, yeah. man. I was like, I don't, I hate to be that guy, but like, you know, here's my business card. You guys want to fucking go? Let's keep going. But like, as of right now, I head back to Seabright. So fucking two hours later, they they hit me up. They're like, hey, like, uh, we're about to leave the Dublin house. Like, do you want to actually hang oh. out? And I immediately oh. shut out. And then. Like my friend Katie, my lesbian best friend, she was like, "I'll still get off work too. She's gonna fucking kill you." Oh, I was no. like, yeah, yeah, "Oh, I like yeah. Katie. She was good. She was good." The yeah, last yeah, episode. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's we'll deal that. I was like, "I was like, oh, we'll deal with that when when they, when you know when she gets here." Oh, <laughs> I have seven oh, strangers. God. I have seven strangers over. I have my neighbor who's like twenty three, and his like six oh. friends. So I have like eighteen people in the small apartment. Alice walks oh, in. No, head down and walks right to her room. So the next day, oh. I was like, "I'm over." And she was so fucking pissed off. It was it was a, a bloodbath. It was a good day. It was fun, but she didn't like come dump a bucket of water on you or something. 
No, nah, dude. She if she was well, she would have waterboarded me. She was so angry. She was so pissed off. She's like, ah, I come home from work and you have these random people that you never know. You don't know them. They could have stolen it. Oh, no. I vetted them. She made me vetted them. You vetted them. What is this? The <laughs> fucking Supreme Court or fucking yeah. Montante's party? Like, the fun day, but yeah, if I go out, I'm liable to bring home strangers. If I like them, I get a good vibe. Like, I want to hang out with them. I'll- I mean, you're a friendly guy. You just you want to hang out with people. You want to keep the party going. I identify with that, but. I got to yeah. tell you, brother, at some point, especially, you know, someday you're going to have kids. You're going to have little Montantes running around. So you start bringing strangers home. Oh, fuck, man. That, that, oh, that yeah, marriage yeah. isn't going to last yeah. long. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, so I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we got to iron this out Iron this out today. I, this was so much better because I feel like you, you were too much in the moment on Sunday. I don't think you feel it. You could have litigated every one of those details back a couple days ago. Yeah, I, I, no, Sunday would have been I, – I, I actually wish we did a Sunday to listen back and see what it sounds like. I, I swear to God, I cannot formulate a sentence. I was really doing bad. It would have been pretty funny, I think, but that's all right. It would have Inst- kind of. It would have been Inst- – I think it would have been able to muck it enough, or would it be that funny? I would just sound like a fucking complete moron. So. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, just like every other day, right? Yeah, uh, instead they get this alphabet soup. Work never stops because uh, my, my dispatchers are fucking getting bombed, so – I had a All pleasure, right, Mr. Daniel. Likewise, anytime, sir. Into the cap. Please let's let's uh, let's do it, and I will uh, continue to follow you on Twitter at uh, what is it now? I don't. I can't. Even you don't even know. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I've been going pretty ballistic recently, so I now probably need a new Twitter anyway. So my Twitter is irrelevant. Uh, listen to Montante the World, rate me three stars. Uh, thank you guys for listening. All right, thanks.